podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Thanks for choosing this free Anfield Index podcast. If you'd prefer to listen to this or any of our other shows without adverts, then now's the time to check out Anfield Index Pro. With AI Pro, you can supercharge your entire listening experience. You'll not only get all of our podcasts without the ads, but you'll have them far faster with our quick publish feature available exclusively for subscribers. AI Pro also puts you in the heart of our sound studio with an option to listen to many of our shows live and interact with the podcasters in real time as the shows are recording. Upgrading couldn't be easier. AI Pro is available on all popular podcast platforms and we have our own apps for Apple and Android. Just head on over to AnfieldIndexPro.com and get started today. Hello and welcome to the Minefield podcast from Anfield Index Pro, your sports psychology podcast where myself and Dr. Andrew Vincent sit down and break down all things Liverpool Football Club and the mind. Andrew, we're edging to the first international break already. It's nice and quick coming in. How have you been over the summer? And uh, yeah, we've got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Summer's been a wild ride, Mike, and uh, I'm having to slowly wean myself off the LFC transfer discord. I got got really hooked on it right around the Caicedo thing. <laughs> Loved it. I got to tell you, I like it just got better and better and better. And now as transfer season is winding to a close, I'm having to, you know, put some of the time limits on my app or you know, <laughs> kind of take the app off my phone for a little bit. Just, just put it away, get into the season. Apparently... There's a whole thing that follows the transfer window where uh, the teams play against each other. And um, it's like a season. Someone wins, someone loses. It's a cup. So that's news to me. There's all these games. And uh, I've been watching those. That's also interesting, too. That's crazy. Uh, I know. Yeah, I I did want to take uh, issue with you introducing me to the Discord, the transfer chat Discord, because I fell into the black hole of it. And, uh, man, that is a wild ride. It is a wild, it is wild. ride. I dove into the black hole of it. You know, <laughs> got, got right in there and uh, really, really enjoyed it. But, like, the ride's got to come to an end because, um, you know, there is a season and a whole life outside of Discord. And, you know, got to reconnect with that. For some. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly and not for others. others. For those who there's not, all I have to say is thank you. Exactly. And we had hoped to have a couple more podcasts out during the summer as part of our guest series and with a couple of guests lined up. But unfortunately, life gets in the way sometimes and that's just the way it is. So we're going to hold those over. We still have those guests who are willing to join us and we will definitely get them back on. But we do have to talk about transfers. And we do have to talk about the changes that occurred with Liverpool because they were quite significant during the summer. So we lost pretty much 90% of our midfield um, and we gained probably 50% of that back. Um, But the 50% we gained back is probably worth... 100% more than what we got rid of. So, from your perspective, talk us through the changes in the midfield specifically, but also um, the impact that can have on rebuilding a new culture. 
if it's necessary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think like at the first of all, in terms of changes in the midfield, I feel like I've watched these past four games and I've been like, oh, that's what midfielders are supposed to do. Um, like it, it's interesting, like just throughout watching soccer or football or whatever we want to call it. Like, um, you know, I've realized that there's steep learning curve in terms of what am I looking for, like evaluating a player or just like making sense of who's good or who's not good or what's the team doing and whatnot. And it's like midfield, I always had a little bit of trouble understanding, like, what am I supposed to be looking for? Um, I think I know better now just watching Mac and Dom and like having a sense of like, Oh, like this is what this is supposed to look like. Um, so big change, right? Really big change. Um, you know, in terms of the culture, it depends a little bit on where those players fit into the room, how big they are in terms of being personalities, like is what's their approach to entering a new group. Um, but at the very least, like you're going to have a lot of hunger and new hunger, right? So it's like, um, you have people who have come to Liverpool, they've come to Liverpool to win. They're going to be immediately playing big roles in the team. Um, they're also, you know, the top of the hierarchy in midfield has been cleared out. And so it's like all of the sudden they're just getting transplanted. And so like, I think it just brings like a freshness, which can be really, good for a group like you still have a leadership group there that obviously is a veteran leadership group in terms of LFC um, so they're probably going to be setting the cultural things and, and some of those will stay the same but it like um, it forces people who maybe haven't been who maybe had gotten a little stale it means you don't get to be stale anymore um, you have to be driving I love that. And I think for anybody who's been in any type of job for a, a long period of time, and well, I'll give my own example. I was working in the youth project for a long time on my own. And then we managed to get funding and we were able to bring people in. And I definitely had gotten stale the two or three years before the the new staff came in and I wasn't enjoying the job as much. I was struggling to come up with ideas, to follow through new ideas. I was, I found it really, really tough. And then younger new staff came in uh, with new ideas and it completely reinvigorated me and genuinely had a massive, massive positive impact on me on a personal level, but also as a professional level. Is that mm-hmm. exactly the kind of thing you're talking about? Absolutely. And it's like what you would see, right? It's like uh, you have someone who's used to being in a certain spot or playing a certain way or getting certain passes or not getting certain passes or having certain options open to them. And it's like, you know, it just gets a little redundant coming in to work every day and, and doing the same thing. And then all of a sudden you see someone who's so hungry for it. And it just is a reminder, you know, two things in that professional context or that, you know, one is that I'm replaceable, right? And so it's like, um, you know, that's a little bit of like, uh, hey, I go from being really comfortable to maybe being a little bit uncomfortable and having to go back to look at, well, what do I need for myself? Like, what do I, what's my next level here? How do I keep being at my highest level? But then the other part is just like, you know, you see people who are excited to start something new where you are excited to win where you are and they can do all of these things. Right. And that must be so exciting for this Ford group, especially is all of a sudden you've got 
these ball players behind you who can hit you with passes. And Jody even talked about that in preseason, right? Is he was like, it's knowing that someone can find me if I'm hitting that run or knowing that like there was some preseason game where after the game, he was like, it's just incredible to play with. Um, I think it was McAllister because like he can find you with that. And it's just crazy and like um you know that's got to be really fun too and invigorating like there's something it creates a change right and that that change in what's possible like um causes you to reflect on yourself and kind of think oh what what else can i bring that i haven't been and that's that's a big deal there was i mean that team last year looked stale that's a, a really good word for it yeah stale is definitely the word and i think the the beauty of it is that the the people who are left are young enough for the most part to be able to do that reflection and improve. Mm. And I think that is something that I'm curious to see how the likes of Gomez, how the likes of Trent, how the likes of Canase, how the likes of Curtis Jones, Jota, these players who they've got legitimate challenges to their their position probably mm-hmm. less so trend but you never know um, how they actually respond and step up to their game and and it's it's amazing when you have somebody whose skill set is different to what you're used to that ability to learn new things and to explore your potential can mm-hmm. be absolutely astronomical yeah yeah, it becomes an entirely – it's just a different lens, right? And like, um, you know, it's important groups – groups fit together when they fit together. They fit together. It's like puzzle pieces, right? And, um, you know, the thing I often mention to people is like um, the way puzzles work – well, actually, this isn't how puzzles work at all because puzzles don't change. But if a puzzle were to change, like, you know, the piece – one piece can't change without the other piece adjusting – accordingly right like if you were going to change one piece you have to change the other two and um you know so you get someone new in a certain spot in order for those two people to fit together right and so let's say it's um darwin and McAllister, or whatever and you know maybe darwin is used to playing in a certain way to have hendo behind him or have certain people behind him and it's like well how he has to play there is really different from how he can play there if McAllister is there, if Sabazlai is there, and like when that's the case, he has to think about himself differently too. And how do I want to adjust? And that can be really refreshing. And um, you know, especially when you're refreshing the middle of the park, um both sides are linking up. Yeah. And so it's everyone's probably doing some evaluation and reflection, including the managers and the coaches and how do we want this team to set up and look like, and what do we want this team to do and how do people fit into that? Um, yeah, just, just some rethinking and that change can make really bring out the best in people yeah. at certain times, especially if you get some momentum behind it, which we have now. We do. And I think for me, I do a lot of work with conflict resolution. And one of the, the simplest ways I, I use to describe it with people is we learn the steps of the dance. And usually the steps of the dance are the same and they stay the same. And then say, so we have the same conflict over and over and over again. But it's, it's exactly the same in team sports. If we keep doing the same thing with the same people, we just get used to, well, here comes the clip ball to the back post and we got to set up behind it to get the break because it's not going to do anything and we just get used to it 
it gets tiresome. And then what happens is when one of us changes, like you're saying, changes the steps of the dance, well, sometimes we step on other people's toes. And sometimes the other person can go through a bit of pain or we can both go through a bit of pain until we learn the steps of the new dance, which may actually be a lot more enjoyable once we get into the rhythm. And I think one of the big things we feared as a fan base is the transition isn't complete. We didn't get enough players in and maybe we didn't, but I'm like, I'm really curious this season to see how the players that are there respond to the changes in the steps of the dance. And yes, there will be toes stood on. Yes, there will be missteps. But we, we're talking about a very long season here. We're talking about highly, highly footballing intelligent human beings who have worked exceptionally hard to get where they were. No one, not one player at that club has had it easy to get to where they are. They've had to work really hard, strive, dedicate their lives. And I, I can't wait to see what happens. And if it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out because that's a possibility. It might mm-hmm. not work out, but the early inter- indications, and unfortunately I didn't get to see the Aston Villa match yet. Uh, I'm hoping to watch it back, but I believe it was quite a routine performance in, in, in terms of everything just seemed to work quite well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like the, the pressing was back and looked back and it was just there were things that we were doing where we looked really in control of the game and like um, like there were pressing patterns and you could notice, even I could notice as we were wow. going through the like, um, you know, here's probably what the triggers are and here's how they're trying to, to move them and shape them and like just, yeah, like Villa had trouble responding to it and keeping up with it, um, which was great to see. Like, really great to see. And I I think, yeah, like, with the transfer window, it's really interesting. And, like, how the transfer window shapes our reactions to what's going on in the field and what we expect of certain players. And, um, you know, I think when when you're in a transfer window and you're looking at players from a talent perspective, right? And like we often think about, I think in some ways we imagine these players as having these numbers next to them. And like, it's, you know, because of FIFA, because of football manager, because of, you know, whatever YouTube scouting where it's like, they're rating these people like, well, what's the skill level of this, this, and this, like, um, you know, you think there's a number, there's a potential number, um, but we underestimate the importance of context and development. I think there's huge misunderstandings about how how development works. It's all about what the surroundings bring out of you and what you can bring out of yourself in those surroundings. And so, you know, we've got some really interesting players here who are going to have a chance to do things that maybe they've never had the chance to do. And I think that's, that's true of Dom. That's true of McAllister, but it's also true of Gravenberch and it's true of Endo. And I think, um, you know, people are looking at, oh, well, Graven, Gravenberch flopped at Bayern and, you know, he's just not going to be good enough. And, you know, Endo, like he's 30, 31. So it's just over for him or whatever he is, what he is. And I think maybe, but this is such a different context for at least Endo. I mean, I, you know, Gravenberch has obviously played in a high level team, but the position and role and how he's being looked at might be totally different. And it's important never, never underestimate what can happen in the right context with the right opportunity. And I think, you know, Gravenberch maybe had a good context at Bayern, but the opportunity wasn't there, right? He never had a chance to grow into that team. Um, you know, and then Endo too, like he's been 
a player in a certain kind of system with a certain kind of role. And so what happens when you give him a slightly different role in our group and have certain different players around him, you only need two or three really good seasons for that person to have made a huge impact. And we forget that too. Like we think, Oh, well, Gravenberch is 21. So we're going to have him for the next 10 years. And it's like, probably not. Like that's not, you know, that's not often how things go It's like, maybe we get two, three really good seasons out of someone. And that's great. You know, that's, that's, a that's plenty. Um, and then some refresh happens, some change happens. But um, yeah, it's like people look at development and look at potential and look at things in this really static way. And um, it doesn't need to be like that. Opportunity is the magic bullet. And all of these new signings are going to get some opportunities. I don't need a VPN. I've got nothing to hide. <laughs> this is what I used to tell myself before I hooked up with LibertyShield.com. Not only is my home internet now fully encrypted, but I can now access all the websites I want, whenever I want, and do so from absolutely anywhere. As a Liverpool fan, I love to know I can now watch every match, regardless of whether it's on UK TV or not. My Liberty Shield VPN makes sure nothing is blocked and guarantees me super-fast streaming speed throughout that match. You can get connected right now with their software package, which includes a 48-hour no-obligation free trial and instant access to their apps for Apple, Android, Fire TV, PC, Mac and Android TV. Or go a step further like I have and get one of their pre-configured VPN routers. These small but powerful devices allow you to easily connect every device in your home to VPN making it the perfect solution for smart TVs, mag boxes and games consoles. Visit libertyshield.com today and use coupon code AIVPN25 to get 25% off at checkout. And the other thing is we have to look at probably 90 to 95% of those players that maybe didn't excite us, didn't have high expectations coming in. Working with Jürgen, most of them work out to a level. Maybe not, you know, uh, Mo Salah. But then Mo Salah was posting those numbers long before he came to Liverpool. But Mane wasn't. Uh, or we weren't getting the same awareness of it. Uh, you know, Jota, when he signed, nobody was thinking, he's fantastic. Kanata, a lot of people wanted to do for McCann instead. Uh, you know, and Fabinho. Again, somebody else that to the to the average eye wasn't been looked at as world class, but you just never know in the right situation with the right support and the right people around you how somebody can flourish. And I'll be honest, I have I've seen so little of Gravenberch. I I, I don't really watch much else, um, and him coming in or any of them coming in to this setup is going to be very very different. Mm-hmm. And when we look at that change, I do want to kind of touch on the the outgoings and specifically because it's very recent, but Jordan Henderson's interview um, with The Atlantic, which I don't know if he got advice over it. I don't know if he was just being very blunt and honest about things, but I don't know if he needed to have that interview I think he would have been better advised to not yeah um, I can understand 
him wanting to get his perspective out on certain things. But I think um, as you come to understand his perspective through the lens of that interview, like you recognize how limited that perspective is in terms of um, the time he's taken to really reflect and understand how people are reacting to him and why. And, um, you know, I, I I don't understand why he thought that. Well, no, I do understand why he thought that was a good idea. Um, but I think he kind of confirmed a lot of people's suggestions about the less thoughtful sides of Jordan Henderson. And he's made the comments um, and people are, you know, evaluating them as they see fit. And that's absolutely fine for me. I haven't read the full interview. I don't want to read the full interview because he's no longer a Liverpool player. Um, And I don't want to talk about Jordan Henderson anymore. Is there anything else you want to say before you forever hold your peace on Jordan Henderson? Forever? Yes. Oh, hold on. Now I got to think about it because I didn't realize this was the, this was the last time. Maybe not. Actually, you know, like I, I think, um, I think the club is better off with him having moved on. And I think probably it was a couple of years too long. And, um, that's mostly what I have to say about it. And, um, you know, there'll maybe be other times to talk about like the important issues and, you know, we've done other podcasts covering those, but I, I think in the short term, like, uh, any suggestion that in my mind, any suggestion that was out there that he was holding up a potential shift in the culture that was needed was more or less confirmed by his interview and how he thinks about things. Like, I, you know, he's clearly just a person and a player who needs to be at the center of things and needs to be playing in order to, um, contribute to a group like he's not someone who's going to be able to contribute as anything other than a centerpiece and i think you know in the interview he talks about like oh, i realized i wasn't going to be getting the playing time and i didn't feel wanted and everything and it's just like good time for you to go it was time for you to go before this actually and so could not have worked out better i think for liverpool as a club yeah and you know i i, I feel pretty much the same I think he for himself as much as Liverpool should have left where he he could have dropped down to a, a club lower down the league and been this at that centrepiece um, and not not saying that he ruined, has ruined his legacy you know but the, the things he has stood for in the past wouldn't have been um, impacted had he not dropped down but mm-hmm. we're not Jordan Henderson. Mm-hmm. We're not going to... We can speculate all we want about why and the how and everything about it. But it is what it is. And he's he's now gone. And fuck me, what a replacement we have got. Four <laughs> games in. Like, I knew Sir Bosley was good. Anytime I've seen him, he has been excellent, be it for Leipzig or Hungary or whatever. 
Jesus, that man has everything. I, I did see a, a I actually sent it on to my wife and it's a, a photograph of Homer Simpson getting waking up in the middle of the night I don't know if you've seen it I'll send it to you afterwards and he's like oh my god Marge I think I love Dominic Sbozlai <laughs> <laughs> and I think we all do like, the man has everything yeah. literally yeah, for real. and he's only 22 mm-hmm. yeah what's been your well, impression it well I, it's funny because like I had I'd never really watched him at all prior to um prior to him joining us. And so it's like my, my thoughts on him or my ideas about him were like, okay, like, you know, Red Bull Leipzig often have these people who play in those center attacking mid roles and their box midfield and they're sort of tricky and they can run a lot and they can do all these different things. And like, you know, but, you know, often in my mind, if I'm doing like the FIFA rating thing in my head, like they, they kind of cap out, right? Like you get them at like 82 or 83 and that's kind of where they peak and they don't have this full well-rounded grain where they push on and like they're great. And then, you know, I was listening to the, um, the whole transfer committee podcast and they were talking about him and his numbers and all of a sudden they were like this is a guy who's probably like the closest thing to De Bruyne that exists outside of De Bruyne I was like hold on <laughs> and I remember at that time they were like we're never going to get this guy so I was like alright well that's crazy I didn't realize he was that good but also like we're never going to get this guy so what does it matter and um you know so sure enough he comes in and it's like okay I'm, I'm really interested and like yeah just everything like uh nothing more impressive than how hard he can work over the course of what is now a 300 minute game with the newly added 90 minutes of stoppage time that we see. So like, um, yeah, like, and he just keeps going and that's really incredible. And I think that's one of those things too, where you see someone next to you working like that for that long. And, um, the team just wasn't working that hard last year. No. And, you know, we'll give a nod to McAllister and the impression he's made already as well. He's a phenomenal footballer and he's he's been a fantastic foil for Dom as well. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, Endo's been kind of criticised, but I, I think we've got to give him time. Like, he's played so little football. so He's played like 20 minutes yeah. and all of them have been with like 10 men. Yeah. 30 minutes, yeah. 40 minutes. So we got, we got with, to be added time, I guess. Like he's played a season. 6,000 minutes already. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, you know, what's been your sense from a professional perspective on how things seem to be betting down for Liverpool after four games? I don't have a strong sense yet. Um you know, I don't know that our performances have been terribly consistent. I think the things that stand out to me as highlights, right, is like um, the 10 men win over Newcastle brought a spark back to this team that I hadn't seen. And like, you know, not to be all Jurgen Klopp doubters to believers, but I think it brings back a recognition of like, here's what we can do and here's what we're capable of and something that's fun. And that was like hardworking and filled with joy. And it's like the new players who can do things and like Darwin coming on and doing that and the shift that Sabazali put in and just like Mo, you know, clearly his head's been turned a little bit. Like that's what we all know about the the offer from Saudi Arabia, but also like um, you cannot fault what he has put into this season so far. And it seems like he, he strikes me as being a little refreshed in some sort of way too. 
Um, that's a high point. And to follow that up then with the Villa win, where we just looked clinical and in charge of a game, um, really big for going into the rest of the year. Like of the four fixtures we've had, three of them have been really tough. We've been down to 10 men twice. All of a sudden there's been some adversity that we've come through and it's sort of like, Hey, something fun might be happening here. Um, and that's really cool. Like, I, I feel like it hasn't last year was almost never fun to watch Liverpool, like with a couple of exceptions, like when we absolutely destroyed United, that was a huge amount of fun that I'll never forget, but it was kind of a blip and like a season that wasn't that fun. Um, it's also interesting. And this is kind of like a, a transfer to regular season thing too, is there's been so much frustration with Klopp and Pep letters and the transfer transfer window, you know, and just like so much venom and they should leave and this is ridiculous that I think we forget about um, what a clock team can be in its best and we haven't seen a clock team at its best in, in a season and you know it's it's fair right last year we were asking questions is this the seven year thing is this done is, is it possible for him to reload and um, he's you know if you go back and you look at interviews with him from the start of Liverpool or Adam Lallana jumping on his back and smashing his glasses like it's clear right like this guy's not as much fun as he was seven years ago like he's just not I, I don't know why like he's but he's not he's not as much fun but like um Something fun might be happening here and like uh, maybe he can have some fun with it too and like some some new faces and some new things like I, and I think there's a possibility for that like clearly with the Newcastle game he had fun with that right like he enjoyed that um, that's that was missing last year is that joy and so that that's back and that like from my standpoint like on the mental side of things and the emotional side of things having that that joy and that feeling like here's what we're accomplishing together and how fun this is. Um, that's such a powerful thing. That's also really Klopp's wheelhouse. Yeah. And uh, you know, the whole seven year itch thing in general can be a thing if we don't get reinvigorated, if we don't change things up and like none of us know if Jürgen uh, went away at the end of last season and went, well, I need to have a, good look at myself and how I operate and now he may have looked at things and gone right it's how I'm going to deal with this is not change my backroom team but what I'm going to do is change the players on the pitch um, mm -hmm. and not that he was looking to get rid of Henderson and not that he was looking to get rid of Fabinho and he tried to keep Milner by all accounts but maybe the situation has forced him to challenge himself to accept those changes where the club get offers that they just can't can't refuse and players come in that are you know exciting players to bring in and um and the club have shown that they'd back him for a world or, or a, a british record transfer fee that unfortunately didn't go through but all that can help to reinvigorate him, which then opens up his eyes to opportunities that could, or exploring different ways of operating. And sometimes those things happen by accident. And it doesn't mean mm -hmm. that they're not legitimate. They are just as legitimate as the things that are planned out and calculated. Absolutely. And, you know, it starts to play back into what his wheelhouse really is, which is like he's good at taking a group of players who aren't supposed to be elite and making them elite. 
and getting more out of them than they're supposed to be able to achieve, right? And what he had for a few years, there was a group that was supposed to be able to achieve everything. And I mean, look, he, he had a season where he almost got that group to achieve absolutely everything, right? We got really close to a quadruple. But like um, in some ways, taking a player like Gravenberch, who's still 21 and just struck out somewhere and a lot of people are down on, like that's a player where he can – I think do a ton with that person. Right. And I think Zabazali too is another example of a player who it's like, um, obviously his upside, maybe has always been higher. Maybe everyone knew he was Kevin DeBrindo the whole time. Like that just was me. But like, um, you know, that 21, 22 year old who's been very good, but not quite elite, making that player elite. Like that's something that Klopp is really good at. Probably similar with McAllister, similar with Darwin, similar with, you know, maybe Gakpo. And so I, I think seeing now, like, what can he do with this group? Um, yeah, it's exciting, right? And like, it's it's just fun too to be watching games, and it's like, okay, who's coming off the bench? And it's like, oh, it's like it's Curtis, and like he can do whatever. Or it's like, oh, it's like you know, if Gravenberch is going to be coming off the bench, like that's exciting to watch. If it's um, Doke coming off the bench, that's exciting to watch. If it's Jota coming off the bench, it's exciting to watch. If Darwin's coming off the bench, it's exciting to watch. If Kwanzaa's coming off the bench, you know, it's like that's that's fun too. And it's just like you know, it goes from last year it was like Milner's coming off the bench and it's like you know you're gonna have a little fun whenever he hits that first tackle that definitely should be a yellow card and like yeah that's that's a good time right like he's gonna lay someone out and get in their face and that's gonna be somewhat enjoyable but like different from seeing someone who is just like oh what's this guy gonna do you know and I, I feel like that's been our our team this year is we get to kind of be like oh like what's this person gonna do and you know what are they capable of and you know that that's that's a really different thing like we've got we've got question marks around this group and i actually think that's a place where Klopp flourishes is when people are like what can this group achieve um yeah so that that's really cool and i think it's interesting with transfers too and watching people and it's like there's this it's a whole psychology of what happens when you don't get your way and what it means to react to that. And I think the transfer window, like we get these ideas, what do I want? And it's like, it couldn't matter less, right? It couldn't for the plans of the club, but it matters to us. And we have a whole chat about it. And it's like, here's what I want. And then when you don't get what you want, like there's a whole psychology of being a three-year-old, which all of us get to engage in of like, you know, getting really upset and frustrated and like um, hating everything we have, right? My son does this right now. It's like, he'll be like, dad can i get a new toy and i'll say no play with the toys you have and he'll be like i hate the toys i have and he doesn't right but like that's how we are with transfers it's like well can i have a caicedo and it's like no we can't get a caicedo well i hate endo you know and it's like okay well can we get a romeo lavia it's like no we can't because we messed this whole thing up well i hate our structure and i hate pop and i hate pep and all of them should be discarded and thrown away and like that's understandable right give yourself some time to be frustrated and upset and have your little tantrum and we have a whole chat for it and that's fantastic i enjoy it greatly um but now we have a chance to just watch this team and watch this team become something. And um, hopefully people can transition and give this a chance and, you know, get out of I hate endo mode and get out of I hate Gravenberch mode. And like, you know, at some point my son goes back to enjoying the toys that he has around him and coming up with some new game to play. And that's kind of what we get to do this year is um, we've got some new toys, some very fun new toys. We didn't get all the toys we wanted. And sometimes that's how life is. Um, but this is going to be something fun to watch. 
what a place to finish this one up. It's a short and sweet one today, folks, but it was a cracker. Andrew, thank you so much for giving us your time. I too am fully, fully excited for what's ahead. It's going to be a roller coaster, but I think you're right. This is where Klopp can really excel. And if the talk of Julian Ward and potentially Michael Edwards coming back, it might bring that friction back that's, necess- that's necessary for success but hopefully we'll get success before they arrive back Um, listeners as always please continue to support Anfield Index Pro if you're not a subscriber please sign up it makes a massive difference and you wouldn't believe the amount of work that goes on behind the scenes at Anfield Index Pro to bring so much amazing content to you so um, Andrew until next time look after yourself we hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community, where both podcasters and listeners debate the hottest LFC topics 24-7. Sign up free now at anfieldindex.com forward slash discord. You won't regret it. You can also follow us on Twitter at Anfield Index and find us on Facebook by searching for Anfield Index. Oh, and before you go, we'd love it if you could leave us a five-star review on your favourite podcast app. It only takes a couple of seconds and it means the world to the people who create these free shows. Sports Social Podcast Network.